I remember, yeah, during that vacation, one of the things I remember was that we would approach the bakery because they have lots of bakeries there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as Americans, we all, we like sit and look at the menu for a bit and we decide and then we go forward. Mm-hmm. But the moment you walk in, the bakery person will be like, so what do you want? You know, and you're like, <laughs> and I didn't know how to say like, hold on a minute or like, we need more time. Mm-hmm. So I had my sister and we ran away. Oh no. <laughs> how many bakeries did you run away from? Uh, the <laughs> one that got away. <laughs> hello, hello, welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my dear friend Kathy as the guest. Um, Kathy and I have known each other for over 10 years. Um, it's been so long that, um, as you'll hear in the interview, we, we couldn't even figure out exactly when it was that we met and became friends, but it's been a long time. And um, in high school, she took an interest in Germany and the German language, and that has really um, has really impacted her entire trajectory from then up until now. And she's been to Germany, I think, like six times, and so she's going to tell us about each one. And um, I'm just really excited for y'all to hear it. I think it's so... Um, inspiring to see how how invested and how dedicated she is to this particular language and culture and how it's kind of affected um, everything that she's done up until this point so um, so yeah uh, let's get started <laughs> so without further ado sit back relax and enjoy my interview with my former classmate and dear friend Kathy Chow Well, thank you again for being a guest on this show. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be as fun for you as it is for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, be prepared for me to be all nosy and ask you all types of questions. Sure. I haven't prepared that much. <laughs> That's okay. I haven't any <laughs> responses from me. Okay. Well, I mean, that's th- those are probably the better ones. So yeah, it's probably yeah. better that you didn't think too much in advance. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, your name is Kathy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Known you since middle school, right? Was it middle school? I was trying to think of this earlier. Like, I know. Was it, was it at Meadows? I think... Oh, yeah, we met at Meadows. We talked about this, right? We met at Meadows, which is like fifth grade. And then yeah. we didn't really become friends until, like, was it high school? I don't even know. It's hard. Let's just figure it out. It's just been a long time. I've known you a long time, exactly. That's yes. Okay. So, um, if you don't mind, I know I know who you are, but Mm -hmm. people listening probably won't. So, can you introduce yourself a bit? Whatever you want to say about yourself. Say about myself. Okay. My name's Kathy. I'm a cat lover. It's usually the first thing people know about me. Right now, I am a working professional, but this is really new for me because I started basically last month for the first time. But before that, I uh, 
was a student. I majored in German for my bachelor's and then uh, went to Germany for like a, a kind of a gap year and then came back for my master's in something completely different, uh, which is information sciences, and then mm-hmm. ended up getting a job in that. So. Okay. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that. So, um, I just thought it was so funny when I sent you the questions and you were like, okay, so I've been abroad for like, I've been abroad like four times, so I don't really know <laughs> how I'm going to answer these. Right. But, but that's cool because you have like, like you said, one, uh, every time you went was for something different, kind of. So, right, yeah. It's we definitely- can talk about, huh? definitely like a progression right so we can talk about each one if you don't mind sure okay so can we first start with German why you started studying German like what interested you in Germany in the first place um German started from like high school middle school where we had the choice of French Spanish German um I usually chose French but that's because that was before there were really strong German classes Mm mm-hmm they were even offered and because I had some French background from living in Canada mm-hmm. um, but out of the three I liked German the most because there are also different kinds of people who take different languages and right. different personalities I found that the German people were just really always clicked um, but in terms of like language one time my German teacher she like put this really long word on the board and we were like, oh my god, you know how German words are really long, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's like, actually, you really, it's just a compound word. Like, you just, like, space it out, and then you break it down, and then you figure out what each of the small words mean, and then when you put it together, it, like, makes sense. And that's mm-hmm. something German is, like, finding this huge problem, you know, problem or challenge, right? Which is basically a big word that you don't know. And then going through it and breaking it into smaller problems that you can solve, and then you put it all together. And... It's really abstract, you know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. deep into it, but that's, I kind of just like that idea of yeah. compound words. And there's so much fun stuff, like, in, in German, just the language is delightful, and the small things, like, they're, like, gloves or hand shoes, and you have to think for a while, I was like, I know oh, <laughs> shoes, and I'm like, what could hand shoes be? And uh-huh. kind of figure things out like that. It's really cute sometimes, the way they think of things. Yeah, for sure. So, the way you describe it, it sounds like math almost. Yeah, and words. my brain as well. Yeah. Like what I like about language is syntax and grammar, which is right. usually not what people say about language because I remember our German teacher was always like, okay, it's time to do grammar, and, and everyone like groans. And I'm like, I can't wait for grammar. <laughs> right. Because it's like there's a formula almost, yeah. you know? And it's not like, um, it's not, um, like there are exceptions, obviously, because it's a a language, but for the most part, it's a pretty, uh, consistent formula. So you can use that to figure out whatever it is, the, whatever it is that you're looking at, you know, that word you don't know, or that phrase you don't know. Right. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very, very like building blocks put together. Yeah. And Things just make sense. They have, like, German has many, they have less words than in English because English, they might make a whole new word for a concept, right? We made the word gloves. 
whereas they're mm-hmm. just like just put two words that already exist together mm-hmm. you know and so there are lots of little things like that and it kind of boggles me as well like dictionaries like how can you have a dictionary of all the German words because Germans can make words up on the spot because mm-hmm. of that poundness of their words okay there'll be new words like floating in and out or I could just make one up and the person will understand what it means you know mm-hmm. but like I can't imagine the dictionary being able to contain all of that so right. it's really interesting and very descriptive as well the way their language is that's so cool see I think um, I like the way you describe German because I feel like most people who think of German think of it being a very like brusque and aggressive language and the mm-hmm. way you talk about it it has so much um, like color to it like it yeah. sounds way more interesting when you talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I it. yeah it's, it's just right, more festival that I think about it um, I do like that it's phonetic you know like that's the thing with French that I don't like is like, oh, uh, right, the H, it's there, but you don't say it. Like, that right. bothers me a little bit. Oh, Whereas, yeah. Like, German smelling bees are really easy, mm-hmm. you know, because they can go on for a really long time because you just you just spell it how it sounds. Yeah. You know? Do they have spelling bees? Uh, I don't know if they have spelling bees, but um, at the University of Michigan... They have like a yearly German day where they invite like a lot of high school students or middle school students Aww. who are learning German to campus and it's kind of organized by the German department and they'll organize events for them and one of them was a spelling bee and I remember okay. the year that I volunteered, I think I volunteered like two or three years but one of the years I volunteered they were like yeah so we did the spelling bee and we couldn't get a winner because everyone just kept spelling things <laughs> right so... That's what made me think about it is, so I don't know if they have spelling bees there. It feels like it'd be kind of pointless. Yeah. But it's, it's kind so of funny that though. English has a spelling bee. It just shows how much of a challenge and illogical English is, and we celebrate <laughs> by having <laughs> Right. Whereas that most people, like, don't use, or maybe they're only for, like, SATs or something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if you read certain types of literature, maybe you're used to coming across those words. But it's not, like... It's not like if you don't know these words, you won't be able to survive using yeah. English. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. Um, okay, well, awesome. So, the the first time you went to Germany, mm-hmm. was that in high school or was that when you had gone to U of M? Um, it was after I went to U of M. So, okay. it was also my first time in Europe. Okay. As well, because I've only been to, like, Hong Kong, Canada, U.S., whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um. Uh, the first time was actually just vacation because my uncle lives there and my sister and I and him we decided that I would go we would all go like after my first year of college so that I'm just getting used to being independent you know freshman year mm-hmm. and so that I would be more comfortable and so we went um just for <laughs> just <laughs> but it was for three weeks mm-hmm. two or three weeks where it was just like vacationing and my uncle, he's a logistics person, so he is really good at planning stuff, and he knows all the deals, and he's kind of overwhelmed us with this like, information about mm-hmm. what to do. He kind of told us the places to go in Germany, the places to see that he likes. So he lives in Heidelberg, mm-hmm. and that has a lot of history. It's got, like, castles and stuff, and then that whole area, there's also river areas, and he knows all the tourist stuff. So for like a first time experience, it's kind of nice. That's yeah. also one 
Paris as well. That was the other. We went, ended up in Switzerland and Paris and Germany. Oh, all cool. Together. Yeah. So that was like the first, the first sight into it. It's not really studying abroad or anything like that. It's just vacation. Right. Um, and guided vacation. That's good. You had that, um, you had someone who was already there, you know. Exactly. I feel and like. Stuff. Huh? Oh, yeah, exactly. To show you around. Because mm-hmm. I think almost all. That's not true. But the, the, I was going to say all the times I've gone abroad, I already knew someone, but that's not actually true. But the times that I have gone to a new country and I had someone there to just to meet up with, or a mm-hmm. couple times people actually let me stay with them while I was visiting, I just feel like it's so much more helpful. Yeah. One, it's less costly, obviously. If right. They, if they're letting you stay with, with them. But, mm-hmm. you know, since they've been there, they can give you tips or just tell you, like, little things that you wouldn't notice or wouldn't know about. So, and you know, just, yeah. Yeah. It's also more relaxing. Someone mm-hmm. who speaks the language, someone who um, has cell service, you know, because that's also another thing when you're landing, mm-hmm. you yeah. have internet and then you don't know where you are and then transportation picking things up it's hard you know like my uncle he took us like he took us from the airport and that's like you know there's nothing I really need to know mm-hmm. I do speak some German but like it was really it was like laughable German way back then mm-hmm. the days when my German was kind of even after you said this was after your first year at U of M yeah you had, so even after what was it four years German at high school and then a year at U of M you still felt like your yeah. German wasn't strong was, enough to get by okay high school wasn't really that oh, much yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just your basics and then university like really revs it up um, mm-hmm. it was I was doing advanced or no I was doing third or fourth, third and fourth semester German that was kind of like the level I was at mm-hmm. um, what's different like classroom is not the same as going abroad right and so people I remember yeah during that vacation one of the things I remember was that we would approach the bakery because they have lots of bakeries there Mm -hmm. um and I think as Americans we all we like sit and look at the menu for a bit and we decide and then we go forward Mm -hmm. but the moment you walk in the bakery person will be like so what do you want you know and you're like (laughs) "Ah." I didn't know how to say like hold on a minute or like we need more time Mm -hmm. so I had my sister and we ran away oh no <laughs> how many bakeries did you run away from uh just the <laughs> one that got away <laughs> but it, oh. i don't know that's like and there are different ways that people react to not knowing stuff and mine is like to freak out a little bit and be like oh god same you know? same yeah other people are like oh the more bolder people, they'll try to use their limited German to be like, you know, or some people will pantomime it, and I'm just like, you know, we don't have to have this awkward interaction at all. We can just, like, leave. <laughs> and so, like, whatever, next time, just, like, next time you learn to, to be quicker about stuff, or you, right. like, get ahead of time, but, like, usually, yeah, that was, like, my first time, and I, and I realized, yeah, my... My German is not as good as I think it is because I don't know how to react or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was really just a cultural thing. Like, I didn't expect to be 
asked or talked to so early on, but like they're very quick with all their service. It's just like, what do you want? You should know what you want. You came in here, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first time. Mm-hmm. And that was during the summer. You go back to MS or MSU. I'm sorry. You have yeah. <laughs> trying to history. <laughs> not gonna make that mistake again. <laughs> U of M. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then you decided to go. You went again as an undergraduate student, right? Right. Yep. Um, this was basically. Oh man, there's so many ways. How many times? I think it's good. Okay, I've gone six times. Now that I counted. Oh. Six times, okay. Yeah, because I wasn't counting the vacation as one of them, ah, but I, see, I see. talked to you about the four times. Yeah. So the second time was all during spring break. It was a week-long trip mm-hmm. with my um, my dorm, because my dorm actually was a, a German community dorm that was specifically mostly German majors, and we all lived near, lived like lived in the same hall, and we do like weekly um, German events Mm -hmm. talking or games or whatever and like just we had our own like lounge with bookshelves that were in German and whatever Mm. but um one of the things the end of the year kind of culminated with the spring break trip to a German-speaking country and this time it was Berlin and that was a lot of fun like um this was more there's more educational spin to it so this is probably my first like for school German trip um Mm -hmm. Because we had to write an essay right after that. But it was really just fun. Like, everything was already planned for us as well. It was, like, tours. Um, Berlin has so much history as well. Like, it's... There's just... It's a really great, like, place to, to visit. Because they had the wall, but then also just the culture shift. There's West, East Germany. There's just older stuff. There's political stuff because it's the capital. Um, and it's really huge, so there's a lot to do over there. Um, that was just like a kind of like interim abroad thing, and it was good because basically two months later was when I was going to be doing my real first study abroad experience for two months. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like a nice preparation, like to be on the ground, no family with me or whatever. It was just kind of you venture on your own. Because mm-hmm. even if we went as a group, like you can go do like, your own stuff in the evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, go, going to Berlin was good because the next place I went was Dresden for one month, study abroad, and then Schwäbisch Hall, which is um, kind of, like, west-southwest Germany. Mm-hmm. I kind of did, like, a study abroad, but in two places in Germany kind okay. of thing, a month in one and one month in the other. Most people do two months in the whole thing, but I wanted to kind of see both like different geographical areas of yeah. Germany. Was that all like one program or did you do one month, a one month program here and a one month program somewhere uh, else? I mean, it was kind of the same program. It's called, so it's called the Goethe Institute. Okay. I've about that. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They do like German teaching, whatever, education. And so they have different cities where they have it. So, right. yeah, like, uh, Schreiber's Hall, they probably, I think they have one in Berlin, too, probably. They're, and I don't want to say anything wrong, but I know that there are tons of them. Um, and my school, they don't really care, like, where you go. The fact that you get a Goethe Institute credits is what transfers or whatever. So 
it didn't matter. I just wanted to have like different experiences and nice. part of our trip to Berlin, we had actually gone to Dresden for a day trip and I had loved it. Yeah. Cause it's only like an hour or two by train and it's just really gorgeous. So I wanted to go back for that, and my friend had actually done the Dresden Goethe Institute and said it's like people don't usually go there for the Goethe Institute, but it's like really, you get really small classes, and it's really fun. And this was just a personal friend who was like, this is the treasure mm. of all the institutes. So that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> but then my advisor was strongly recommending the other city, Schwabisch Hall, because that's where most of U of M kids go. It's a small town, so you can't like get lost unless bad things happen. Right. You know, so I decided why to do did, that. Why did most of the U of M kids go there? I have no idea, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like pushed by our advisor. People always went to that one. Okay. But there oh. were different experiences. They were different because one's more city-like and one's more like village-like. Mm-hmm. And I think I just thrive in general in bigger, like, in city-like denser populations right I just feel like I'm just really independent and I feel like there's much more that I can do in a in bigger city. Yeah, yeah Dresden's not exactly like dense either compared to Berlin or whatever but Dresden's a really good size the most beautiful sunsets that I would mm-hmm. say there basically there's a river in the middle and then there's something called the old city and the new city on the other mm-hmm. side even though secretly the new city is older than the old city Oh. Whatever. It's because Dresden was bombed during World War II. So oh, so they built it up. The old city part was bombed, and the new city okay. part, the buildings are actually probably uh, older than the old city. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. The old city okay. was all the historical stuff. Like the... Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called in, in English, but the Frauenkirche is what's well known, I'm thinking. Because actually, like, I don't know if you can see, but my posters, I have postcards all on my wall. Mm, mm-hmm. I can see them. Yeah. Well, one of them is the Crown which is just a church or whatever. Uh-huh. That one was bombed pretty heavily, and so I have a picture of the, some of the ruins on my wall. Hmm. Um, all that stuff, because, like, if you're waging war on someone, you try to bomb their most precious things, I guess, or their most significant monuments. Mm-hmm. So, they just have different culture. They've rebuilt it since then. I think Dresden was part of East Germany, and people actually complain a little bit about how Dresden takes a lot of the money from East Germany. Like, they invest in Dresden instead of the other parts of East Germany, because there's, there's basically, like, a law or a tax or something where as part of the reunification of mm-hmm. West East Germany, uh, West Germany pays some amount to East Germany for reparation. Not, I don't know if reparations is the right word, but like for rebuilding, because mm. it's just it's just like to show that you are trying to actively trying to reunite the countries. You're trying to get that disparity out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, tr- you know, uh, people are still paying. Um, money to East Germany, I guess. But East Germany wow. still some areas that are kind of like poor, from what I've heard, or like not like given attention to. Mm-hmm. But Dresden is like you wouldn't know if you'd just gone to Dresden because Dresden is just beautiful, right? And they rebuilt everything, and they have huge tourism as well. And so 
it's really nice that that area definitely like it's just your classic European cobblestone um, someone's playing the saxophone in front of the restaurants <laughs> and sometimes it's just like it's just nice and relaxing you're near tourists but it's like mm-hmm. it's a tourist destination for a reason it's really nice and beautiful and then the other side if you want to actually meet real Dresden people you go to the, the, the Neustadt the new city area where it's just more like hip little punk culture mm-hmm. so and there's lots of nature because it's by the river and beautiful just all around I really like that city um, sounds so nice yeah and sounds I also like a really nice place <laughs> yeah and the Goethe Institute <laughs> was small though and so I got to know my class which was really like five people or something I'm mm-hmm. still in contact with one of them um, she's Canadian and we write letters to each other um, and then I also had like tandem partner when I was there have you done tandem partners at all no what is that uh, it's when you want to learn a language and they want to learn your language and so you set up like an agreement to half talk half in German talk half in English oh okay at the same time mm-hmm. and so the Goethe Institute had an opportunity where they could find a tandem partner for you and you're lucky as an English native speaker that many Germans want to speak English and learn it mm-hmm. and so you don't it's pretty easy for you to get someone who will talk to you and want to be your partner but that was probably one of the best ways for me to, to really get integrated because you have a kind of a guide who helps you through things or knows right. places new but also in terms of just progressing your language, you've got you you're both in, have an incentive to talk the, to speak with each other and to meet. Right. Um, so it's really good that way as well. And you both speak each other's languages, and so whenever you there's something that you don't know, you can ask them like, "What is blah 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 in German?" And they would know that word in English, and then try mm-hmm. to say German. So it's really good communicating and you can ask them the stupidest questions <laughs> I'm like well it's just like there's cultural things as well you just ask them they're like oh yeah I never thought about it that's how most of my my tandems go is like they're all like right. oh. yeah it's like cultural exchange like you really are interacting mm-hmm. with a speaker exactly. but in a, in a way that's like voluntary because you can't like okay so we all go abroad to like get better at speaking a language usually like if it's foreign language mm-hmm. there um, but you can't just do it just by talking to like service people or like the people at the bakery or mm-hmm. the or the bus you really have to like create a friendship somewhere yeah. have real conversations with people and have a, yeah exactly have a conversation and hopefully you get less superficial as you go and so this is a way for you to actually make a friend but mm-hmm. it's focused on your language skills and you both have this goal in mind and it has always worked out well I've had over five five six uh, seven tandem partners mm. <laughs> I, every time I go it's like my number one thing to do is <laughs> find someone in the area um, who I can like hang out with and mm-hmm. get to know because it's always on my mind is like to, I'm if I'm here I really want to improve my German and there's really right. no limit to it either you can always improve your language skills. That's true. Stuff doesn't thing. 
And then I went to Shrewbridge Hall, which was just like... I also had a tan partner, but she only met with me twice. She was a nice lady, but she um, just had a day job. Like, she had a job and... Right. Would it just wasn't busy. Like, just too busy a lot of the time mm-hmm. to meet. Um, but Shrewbridge Hall was different. Uh, it's, it was more U of M people, so it was people that I knew or, like, had seen the faces of. And I... Personally, it wasn't for me. Like, I'm... I like being anonymous, you know, right? <laughs> and it just felt like, I don't really want to say this out loud, but like, I am about to, but it's just like, <laughs> the whole like, undergrad going abroad to get drunk kind of oh, feel. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always like an academic or personal reason for mm-hmm. it, but Germany's drinking age is 16, 18. And so people do go abroad, if you're right. American, to drink. And, of course, Germany is known for their beer. Right. So it's, that was the feeling I got was that it was more of, like, a party study abroad if you went to Schwäbisch Hall and all the and you all the people there with you. But that doesn't help me from, from a learning perspective because right. I'm with people I would be with at home. Like, why do I need to be here? Yeah. And then I'm going to be speaking English all the time with all these people because just people will do that if you don't challenge yourself right be away or with other people and so it was less it was also a really bad heat wave as well during that time so it was like less oh. of a good experience for me it was still yeah. fine it was not like my class my I think my I really enjoyed my classes mm-hmm. you know, a little bit bigger but like teacher was really good and it's very calming but there, after after like a week, I was like done. Well, not even a week. I think the first few days, we just I was with my friend. My friend also studied abroad, mm-hmm. um, and we went around town and finished seeing everything. You know. Oh it. yeah. Right. So wasn't that and, interesting? And then like you weren't as engaged because it wasn't. That's probably why there are so many U of M students there because they could go and learn, but it wouldn't have been as much of a challenge because they wouldn't yeah. have been forced to to really use German in that way. Um, right. And well, and also, I think, like, probably the university feels better that people are in this t- town versus a city where many, many things... Like, when you're uh, in a city, you have to yeah. really have some street smarts because there are more crazy people. You'll meet more crazy people. Mm-hmm in the streets and people yelling and you need to know when to be alarmed and when to not and to be looking around you crime as well whatever mm-hmm. not that there's a lot of crime um yeah but it's in general urban urban areas are more dangerous or whatever yeah. and many people may not know how to take care of themselves or like are smart enough to be on the lookout and so you know it makes pretty it's just a small place i mean not that there's i i had some some uncomfortable experiences there as well but like like yeah. what uh i think it was the i mean racist ones oh not yes racist, like yeah you should know right of color how that goes <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you that later, because I figure there probably aren't a lot of, like, you know, Asian or Chinese girls who are studying German, and there probably aren't a lot of y'all in Germany either, like, 
I don't know, like Asian German people. So, you know, I was wondering if you felt if you experienced anything like that, but I was waiting until later. <laughs> yeah, no, it. it already <laughs> happened after after recounting study abroad experience number one. Mm. Totally, it happens every time though. Mm-hmm. Every time I get really annoyed, and it makes me question like why why am I annoyed? Am I allowed to be annoyed? Yeah. You no. Know? I mean, is there a certain thing that people always say to you, or is there a certain thing that people would consistently do whenever you went to Germany? Just, like, assumptions, like, oh, they start telling me about being really ignorant about different races, so, like, I'm Chinese, but, like, Mm -hmm. Asian... That's different from Japanese, and that's different from Korean and Vietnamese and whatever. But yeah. I think Schwabischal, since we're still talking about Schwabischal, I was, like, just taking an evening walk, like, enjoying myself, as mm-hmm. I do. And this guy was, like, yelling at me, like, Vietnamese! Korean! <laughs> oh, he was guessing. Vietnamese. Oh, I remember you told me this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this. It was a guessing game. But it wasn't fun for me. Oh no! But he didn't say. I don't think he even said like "good evening" or whatever. It was just like we first started saying that, and I was just like, kind of like shaking my head, not really running, but like kind of walking quickly, you know. And he kind of like followed me for a little bit, not like that terribly, you know. But like, like I mean, like if if you happen to be like a, a type of Asian that he was interested in, like if you happen to be Korean, would he have tried to stick around and talk to you about know. how much he loved K-pop or something like that? I wanna ID you or something. That's so weird. Yeah. So Actually though, that happened also in Ann Arbor once. And, but I'm like, I'm a lot bolder in, in Ann Arbor. So right, I was like, course. I told him he was being really rude. Or whatever, when they were asking. I was like, I was just asking a question. Mm, okay. <laughs> and then he like he like was all like meh, and then he like crossed the street because I was like waiting in a crosswalk. Forever. I don't know. So just this random dude was just talking to you at a crosswalk, trying to figure out what what yeah. type of Asian you were. Well, first he was like, "Aren't you cold?" Because I was wearing a dress. Uh huh. And then that's oh, it just like primes you for being annoyed. <sighs> mm-hmm. And then something, and then the next question was about my race, whatever. I said it's not his business or something like that. Like, which is true, yeah. Oh my gosh! Just asking a question. I'm so sorry, Kathy. Sweet, yeah. (laughs) But um, I was about to ask you something. I totally forgot. Oh well. So um. So you said you you had some uncomfortable experiences in Germany um, mm-hmm. due to people like having, you know, racist perceptions about you or just like being really awkward or I don't know asking inappropriate questions. I guess. Um, yeah. So I know you said with that one guy who was guessing, you just kept walking, right? Mm-hmm. But usually, would you just like brush it off or ignore it, or would you try to respond or? Um, did it become something that you just in your mind figured you'd have to get used to and so you just tried not to think about it too much like how did you deal with those instances 
Uh, it depends on my mood sometimes. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. saucier than other days. Yeah. But um, sometimes with the frequency of it, it, it mm-hmm. makes you realize that, I don't know, it happens so often. Maybe it's me that's the different one. Me as an American, like, being offended a lot, which is a thing yeah. that I do. Because yeah, culturally, it's just, like, it's just racist, just kind of taboo. Like, you just don't bring it up unless someone brings it up like offers it because you don't want to assume anything mm-hmm. there they're just more like direct like they're just like and this is where I was starting to feel like okay maybe I'm being too harsh because this is uh, fast forward to two mm-hmm. more abroad experiences after that one mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was Fulbright um, in mm-hmm. Germany I was on the bus and this lady was like kind of looking at me and she had her kid with her she's like oh nice necklace and I was like thank you and she's like um and I guess trying to see, like, what race or whatever. And some days I, like, I I humor them and I tell them, you know, if I'm in a mood to tell people. But then she just, like, I don't think I really told her anything. And she just, like, there's a really good Chinese restaurant, blah, blah, blah. And it's on this street and it's called this or whatever. Aww. Thanks. She's but, trying to connect to you. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't, like, it's, like, not, like, I can't be, like, oh, my God, she was being racist. Like, she... Right was trying to discriminate against me or do anything malicious or whatever. It's like trying to be like, you know, maybe she misses her hometown and I can like tell her about where the the food, that's a kind of, you know where their heart is and where their intention is. And it's still like, I still think of it as racist, but like, it's also, I hesitate because she's just like trying to be, it's not like her intentions, right? So she's trying to talk. Intentional maliciousness and then unintentional just like ignorance mm-hmm. right and i think most of the time i encountered ignorance people not knowing even how to interact with people who are different from them you know and so yeah it's more forgivable but like ignorance is also a problem it's a little bit of street sports like i'm thinking about yeah. like what is i'm reacting to the situation that's happening yeah, and so, like, this one was, like, okay, mom and child on tra- public transportation mm-hmm. started out with complimenting my necklace, you know, like, it was, you know, good-hearted from what I can see. And the other one right. is, like, some, some man on the, in the evening just didn't even say... Yelling at you on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there are lots of things Yeah. related to that part. It's just, like, the journey is so homogeneous yeah. I guess and they I didn't know it honestly because I had been in big cities like Berlin mm-hmm. and I'm used to like Toronto and America and I didn't realize when people because when people talk about like melting pot America and I'm just like mm-hmm. okay I didn't really notice it either like I thought the whole world was like that because like I come from Canada mm-hmm. um, and then turn turns out that they they're like just looking at the statistics. I looked at the statistics and they're like, wow, it's really, really small percentage of yeah. different kinds of people. And so that a lot of it is definitely just ignorance. If yeah. your real life state does not have a lot of Asians or diversity around, you're not, not going to know how to deal with it. Yeah. Because then all that you know about Asians is from TV. And mm-hmm. TV is using stereotypes, which they usually do, mm-hmm. 
that's what you're going to think an Asian is like. Right. And that kind of fuels sometimes xenophobia, depending on how you're portrayed in media, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I'm in the clear, sort of, but, like, other races are not. Mm-hmm. And you might be thought of as stupid or dangerous or whatever. But I wanted to, I wanted to backtrack mm-hmm. um, because I, I meant to ask how... So when you first... When the very first time you went, you were with your uncle, right? Um, but the other times you went, like, for instance, when you first went as an undergraduate student at the Goethe Institute, were you in a dorm? Did you do a oh, stay? Okay. Or, okay. Um, housing was done for me through okay. the institute. Yep, so I didn't have to worry about that. And then also from the spring break trip, we had a hostel, group hostel booked, so that was also nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The next time was... Berlin. My Berlin internship was also done for me because I um, did the internship. I got a fellowship mm. to do that one, and so they took care of my housing for me because was, I was one of four fellows in Berlin. Um, and then the first time I had to find my own housing was for um, the Fulbright. It was ten mm. months, and that is a struggle. And also the the and then. When I went to Dresden again, I also did my own housing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a website in Germany called like uh, WG Gesucht or whatever. So Germans, a lot of times, they have something called a, a, a Wohngemeinschaft, which mm-hmm. sounds like a really big word, but Wohn means to live and Gemeinschaft means community. Mm. So it's almost like co-ops, but they're really, really more common than we are because we just say we have a roommate or something, whereas for them, they'd be like, we have this co-op, but it's just like their roommate relationships are often more, like, there's more purpose to the roommate relationship. Hmm. You, So there are different kinds. You might specifically say, we are a student Wohngemeinschaft, so living community, which means that we're all students in this one, mm-hmm. in this apartment or whatever, and they might, like, give a list of, like, things that they kind of do, like, you know... A lot of times we we do every now and then um, cook together and eat dinner together. But if someone needs their space, they're always welcome to like go back in their room and do their things because we're a student one. Mm-hmm. Although this is a mixed one and mixed gender one. This is a sports one. I don't, I don't really see sports ones, but like there's also ones you say we are strictly here to be roommates and to um, help pay rent with each other, and we mm-hmm. don't really expect any sort of social contact if you want to be part of this one. Hmm. So they kind of like spell it out beforehand what kind of co-op or roommate yeah. situation this is. And they also tell you like what languages they speak in the house, the hobbies of the people in it. They'll usually introduce you to the other roommates. And um, that's basically the roommate situations in Germany. It's really cool. Like It sounds uh, cool. Yeah, totally. To be in a, in something like just cooperative, having someone. So I was always like, my ideal situation would be in a really great Wohngemeinschaft, uh, where because that's a really good opportunity to speak German. Of course, yeah. At home. Um, so I knew about this one, and this is also like the probably the top housing website for like people, students for Germany. Um, and I went to, like, as 
I knew that I was going to be going to Germany in like late August and so I was already looking around July on, online but it's really hard because it's mostly through Skype you how do you do the payments how do you do like see the place how do you meet the roommates mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of tough plus they're wary of scams right like international people mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll speak you know but I do it in German uh, to build credibility and I uh, explain like I'm American these are my interests and you kind of tell them and luckily I'm not too scary looking or whatever threatening anyway um but yeah I ended up like someone was like yeah that's it'll be totally fine you can have my room or whatever and that was cool but then um it ended up falling through because she finally so like we had agreed that I would take her room um Mm because she was something something with her fiance I guess um and then like a week before August ended or when I was about to go to uh to fly there she was like she had finally gone and talked to her landlord and her roommates about it and they said no Mm. because they're like they wanted someone who's long term now for us it's pretty long term yeah that's almost a year oh because they're thinking about rent and stuff right yeah, and yeah. it's an expense to find a new roommate, yeah. and so there's a lot of times, places you'll go, they'll be like, yeah, 10 months isn't a lot of time, because also Germans, they plan so much further ahead. Do they? That it's Yeah, it's just, yeah. Wow. Like, oh, so we can just quit in two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. There, it's like, like I don't know, half a year or something like that. If to you quit a job, it's a half a year? It's something weird like that, where I was just like, wow, that is a lot. I don't want to say six months. I think it's six months. Hmm. Germany, quick job. Notice. I don't know. I'm Googling it. Wow. Because you told me they were very, um... Four weeks notice. Four weeks? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Uh, Still, that's basically double. Yeah. Because you told me that Germans are very punctual and, like, organized. So it doesn't surprise me that things take, like, they plan in advance. But when you said six months, I was like, ooh, yeah. that's, like, a really like, long time. False information. This is why. Four weeks. But you looked it up. You looked it up. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> okay, so um, so that's what you had to do for Fulbright. You had to, you lived in a, in a, you were in like a living community among other people who were students or your age, right? No, it didn't work out because. Oh, it didn't because it fell through. Right. And then what happened? Yeah, it was too little time. I was like, wow, you really screwed me over, woman. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But like she was a really, like she and I got along really well. Yeah. Um, she offered to Skype me and talk about options and stuff. She spoke really good English because her fiancé was American. Mm-hmm. In Ohio, no less. Huh. So now she lives in Ohio, I think. Um, I- yeah. But anyway, her English was really good, and so we were, we got along fine. And so we ended up, what happened was, I didn't have time to find new housing. Not just that, but I just got my wisdom teeth out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not in any situation to be, like, Skyping people with, like, my giant swollen jaws yeah, jaws, yeah. Um, so what we did was just like I landed um, well I landed I went to Mainz and then she I met her at the at the train station this is a totally new person 
mm-hmm. and she actually didn't wasn't in mines at the time. She was no longer living there. Mm-hmm. She was at home, which was like more than an hour drive away, and so she'd had her dad come drive her to the Mines train station to pick me up. Wow. We stayed at her friend's dorm because her friend was on vacation. Mm-hmm. She, her friend had a student dorm, and so we stayed there together, two people in this really small dorm area. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, spent my time trying to find housing, basically, for that time. And I was just like, I'm going to be here until I find housing, basically. Yeah. And I found housing by the end of the week. So. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. It was like kind of on the. When you're on the ground, it's a lot easier, especially for like. Right. Vonga mine shops or something they want to meet you you want to meet to make sure that you you work out with all the roommates and whatever and they usually like make an appointment so that all the roommates are home at the time and whatever and you discuss stuff mm-hmm. and so I had a, like a couple of those like interviews basically and then I also one thing that helps is just like put your own classified out there and so on that website that I'm talking about you can also you can be a co-op trying to find a new member mm-hmm. or you can just someone like trying to find a place to live right and so I um, wrote like this is who I am this is the kind of living situation I'm looking for this is where I kind of work and this is the location I'm looking at and then I found I just honestly I jumped on like the the fastest thing right uh, and doing like landlord lease whatever stuff can take time or whatever this was just a host family like this is just a woman who had a house basically like a 10 minute walk from the school that I was working at Mm -hmm. um, in a quiet neighborhood who had an extra room upstairs well because they they had like they had three kids and um, two of them were off in college too Mm -hmm. as well and they had extra rooms anyway so just like it was affordable it was in the right location they had a cat okay so when you said host mom, that's that's yeah. who you were referring to. Was, yeah, she okay. wasn't really a host mom in a way, but kind of. I it just seems like the best description of her. Okay. I could have said that, but like I lived with her. Yeah. So you just had a room in that family's house. Exactly. Okay. It was like three stories high. Of oh. a house. Yeah, but they they tend to build upward. Oh yeah, limited space. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And that was in Mainz. So you did Fulbright in Mainz. That's where exactly. you went. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the other times where it was arranged for you, you usually lived with other students or other people your age, right? Yeah. I okay. The dorm was, well, Griffith Institute, I had my own room for Dresden mm-hmm. and a shared room in Schwabisch Hall, but it was with my friend. For sure, Michelle. Mm-hmm. In, in Dresden, they just didn't have a roommate there, but there were two beds there. So just like okay. I got the whole myself kind of thing. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and then Berlin was I was sharing with the other fellow, mm-hmm. another fellow, because they they estranged for both of us. And then this one was um, just like a family thing. Okay. And that worked out. You didn't have to. There weren't any issues to where you had to like find housing again. You stayed there the whole time that you were. I did, Doing yeah. By program, okay. I know some people who didn't though. Like some people, one of my friends, she tried to get a student dorm because I actually we all kind of enrolled in the university there. Mm-hmm. 
just kind of like quasi, not like a real student, but like kind of there, because it gives you perks. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus enrolling in, in university is free, right, in mm-hmm. Germany. So you pay like a fee, a semesterly fee, but it's like $200 maybe. Okay. And that's like, that's basically it. And it covers like a student pass for all the transportation and stuff, and that's the real reason why we all, like, all the other Fulbrighters in the area got, like, enrolled in, in one is, like, you get kind of free transportation. Otherwise, you'd have to pay for, like, monthly passes and whatever. Mm. These were semester-long passes that were, like, a hundred-something dollars, right? On top of that, you could, like, go to classes. You could enroll in them if you wanted to, or you can just, like, get meals in the cafeterias there. They weren't any mm. good really cheap it was like 50 cents for <laughs> yeah <laughs> really bad though like it was just like mush mm. but usually like my cheap heart was excited about mm-hmm. food. yeah i can get but that i have like, a cheap heart as well <laughs> nice to have you get discounts from all sorts of other stuff so anyway that's why we all enrolled in that okay she was she was able to get a dorm and then it like she had to move later on because the dorm ended, contract ended, and so she like she went around and used the same website, and you eventually find someone. It's not too hard in Germany, at least. Okay. But I don't personally like having living in a living with my landlord in any sort of context. So host family yeah. included, I don't like that. I think I could have gotten along better with my like host family. But I just wasn't very open. I was a bit afraid. Like I'm just very anxious when I live in someone else's house hmm. that is my own family. I just feel like I'm half guest, but I'm half not, and I feel terrible when I when they you know tell you something. And Germans are really direct. They'll be like, "You left this." I kept, one of the things I kept doing was like I keep kept le- leaving my keys in the door when oh. I came. I'd open the door and then they close it, and then I'd be like, "Where's my keys?" And then like basically <laughs> leaving the keys in the door, anyone can come up and, like, open the door. Oh, yeah. For some reason, kept forgetting that. Yikes. Yeah. And, like, you left your keys in the door. I was like, oh, sorry, you know, it's funny the first time. And then I did, like, second and third time. They're like, dude, you really need to, like, you really need to stop. Like, you need to get your keys. And I feel, like, just terrible, that kind of stuff. Like, I know I do. It's just, like, I just forget. Right. Or just miss or something. And then it affects me more. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm berated or scolded and, like, these people gave me a nice house and whatever, and I'm just... I feel like a guest, but, like, I'm not a guest. I can't take their hospitality all the time, yeah. you know? So I, I feel just anxious in general. Like, I was mm-hmm. always trying to be polite. I tried, like, I forced myself to say hi and bye when I saw them. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be just, like, there's just a tenant upstairs, you know? I wanted, I wanted to be, like, have a relationship with them. It's just, like, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a nervous person and the anxiety of rules. That's that's okay. You did what you could, you know. So you don't you didn't they weren't one of the people that you kept in touch with from all your times in Germany then. Mm, or do you still I mean, talk to them? Say happy new year. Oh that's uh, it. Okay. Or Christmas or something. Like once a year I'll just say that. Just to I like to find, like, an occasion to go through my whole list of German contacts and just say that. Ooh, really. yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, I did that for New Year's this year, and then last year I think I did it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't really talk to them that much otherwise. She did send me a message and be like, hey, remember when you bought the cat a toy? It left, it was here for like a really long time not being used and all of a sudden, like, Hugo the cat is really into it again and showed me like a picture of it. Hugo? Hugo's the cat, yeah. Oh, that's cute. It's the name of a kind of wine. Hmm. Okay. Which is the youngest child's favorite wine. She was she was like eighteen, nineteen, whatever. Favorite mm-hmm. wine is called a Hugo, and so the cats called Hugo. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. That's so cute. Well, I wanted to ask you um, about a little more about Fulbright, if you don't mind, because um, maybe there might be someone listening who is interested in that program. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about why you applied, what that process was, and how? what you thought about being a Fulbrighter. I'm actually wearing my Fulbright shirt right now. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah. Fulbright. <laughs> it was a good experience. I recommend it. Um, the real reason that I applied to Fulbright was because I didn't know what to do with my life. <laughs> um, real? That's, that's real. Alternative, right? Alternative to graduating with a German major and not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. It was really stressful, like, my junior, senior year of college, because I was just like, well, what am I going to do with a German degree? I forgot to think about jobs and careers and didn't want to translate or teach, really. Um, but I had, like, the marks for... The marks? The grades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> too much British. It's okay. I got what you meant. (laughs) So I had the grades for it. I thought I would be a decent candidate. I had some teaching experience. And like, oh yeah, you and I, we did tutoring together, right? Back in high Mm -hmm. school. So I had the tutoring experience. I had some teaching experience because I was a teaching assistant at a German school in Ann Arbor. There's actually a German school here on Saturdays. And it was actually part of a class. So if you took that class, you'd basically be the teaching assistant. Okay. For this class, so I had some teaching assistant experience. I majored in German, and I was like, okay, this would be great because it would start basically after I graduate and go ten months. And like, I loved being in Germany the whole time that I, I kept mm-hmm. going back. It was just like, it was basically every summer I was gone, mm-hmm. in Germany. And I was like, this would be a really good use of my German degree. You know, Germany, uh, sorry, Fulbright is like, it's a diplomatic program to kind of uh, learn about each other and foster, like, understanding relationships between countries, basically. It's it's meant Mm -hmm. to be a diplomacy program, sending real Americans abroad to mix in and whatever. It's like, perfect. I really believe in that in a... A world that understands each other better, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believed in that, and it was just seemed like the right thing to do. It also felt to me like the best I could do with my with my major at the time. I didn't really know it was that prestigious, because I still don't think it's super prestigious. But um, You didn't know beforehand? Not really, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How do you figure that out? How do you figure that out? I mean, but it gets thrown around, especially when you're in, well, like when I was in school, I would hear about, or at MSU, I would hear about like Fulbright or um, Boren or P- uh, Pickering, Pickering or um, 
what's that other one? The um, like all these different fellowships and stuff, roads, things like that. And so, but you never, um, I guess that wasn't the case for you. You just like you heard about the program, but you didn't know it was like a big deal. Right? Something and people. Yeah. I think there was also some people pushing me to do it, or like. We have, we had this really pushy advisor in our German department, the same one I keep talking about. <laughs> like, for example, he mm-hmm. made me do Phi Beta Kappa. Uh-huh. She somehow got wind that I was like eligible, which I didn't even know. He was the one who told me, and I was like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "You should definitely do this." And I was like, "Why?" Like some mm-hmm. stupid society. Yeah. And then I told my sister, and she's like, "Oh, Phi Beta Kappa, like that's really that's like, you know." And I was like, "Okay." Everyone keeps telling me this. Yeah. So I did do that. Well, yeah. Maybe it's, it's that's like a good thing, though. Because even though... Because maybe I feel like, especially if you're a student or just any type of quote-unquote adult, like, you get older and you might get too stuck on, like, titles or, like, prestige, whatever the heck that's supposed to mean. Absolutely so prestige. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you not caring is probably better because it's not like... You know, you didn't make it something that was more than it needed to be. You weren't... Yeah. Like, when we were talking about the jobs thing, and you were saying how you don't get nervous at job interviews, because you don't go in thinking, oh, I hope they really hire me. Like, please give me a job. You're just like, I don't care. I'm just going to go. And learn like, them. Ask my questions. Right. Oh. Yeah. So you're not the type to get um, intimidated by, like, big names or anything like that. Which, or, I just like, don't know about it. Ignorance. It's a really great thing. Yeah. In that case, it is a good thing. Because sometimes it's not all... Sometimes it's just a name. Something that's old Wait. and has a a name that's known. But it doesn't really have much significance to you. Yeah. Um, I didn't know they yeah. were selective. Because they had that stuff on the application. That has, like, certain percentage. They can tell you certain percentage that get in. Yeah. They know how many applicants, and so for Germany, that's why I don't think it's really that prestigious for Germany, especially the teaching assistantship program. It's like, I think it's like a thirty percent, like rate, which to me just seems really big compared to other places where it's like point zero two percent. Thirty percent of people who apply get accepted for yeah. Germany. Okay, yeah. but this is just this is this is an annual statistic, which yeah. It's not general either. It depends on basically how many people apply and how many spots are available. Mm-hmm. And so if there, that, if there are lots of spots available, then that's, that determines the rate. Mm-hmm. And that's why Spain is really hard because Spain, they don't have a lot of assistance. Like it's less than 50. I want to say it's in the single digits. But think mm-hmm. about how many people major in Spanish. Yeah. And, are, and so they're going to have lots of applicants. Right. But then a lot of people. So... Man, I wish I could just, like, on the side do the research so I'm fact-checking. I don't know. It's okay. We're looking at it, though. I remember seeing, like, Germany's was pretty high. Because Germans, they just want as many assistance as they can get. It's, like, free labor. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. No native speaker. We're funded by the government, by taxes and whatever. So mm-hmm. school doesn't really have to do that much. They just need to host you. Um, so it's a nice program, the Germany program, especially. Mm-hmm. And different countries are going to be different. So... Um, other countries, they might have you be more than just a teaching assistant. You might work 20, 28 hours, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you have different stipend amount. So for us, we got 800 a month in euros, and we got our airfare paid for, like reimbursed or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we, in Germany, we did 12 hours a week of work, which is really not a lot. Yeah. So you um, had a ton of free time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's that purpose so that, because when you have free time, then you get to actually do the, do the diplomacy part where you're meeting people. Yeah. And, you know, making friendships. I'm not going to do that in school, right, as mm-hmm. a teacher. I'm not going to, like, be friends with my students. Um, so it was a good experience to me. You're definitely, like, right in the middle of the education system. Germany's education system is really different. Mm-hmm. They kind of split you after, like, grade five or six. They split you into different tracks. So oh, some right. Some are bound ones. Some are, like, trade school-bound ones, whatever. So it's really different, and I, like, got to be in all the levels because the one that I was in, it had like grades five to thirteen, mm-hmm. so like it's a whole range and just like different kinds of students. And you you kind of learn to love the grade fivers; they're so sweet, and the grade mm-hmm. thirteen is so cool. They're so cool. There's a there's a grade thirteen. In... Yeah, they have one year above. If they're on the university track, they go one year more. Oh, okay, interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like older, like they're like I'm like one year older than them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> English. And they really, like, they're tall and everything. I was like, ah, hello, I'm your assistant teacher. Mm-hmm. At them. Um, I don't really like teaching, though. I realized that, so. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you told me that. Well, Wait, no, so that. You, you were an assistant, but were you in the classroom? Like, would you have to lead class yourself? Um, or was there always another teacher there with you since you were... technically an assistant teacher yeah I personally like it when the teacher's there and I'm just assisting but the vast majority was me um, leading it basically I was always like working with the teacher but Mm -hmm. we might have an arrangement where it's like okay they have double hour of of English right now so for the first hour I'll take half the students and you take the second half Mm -hmm. and then at the next hour we'll switch them so they just get smaller um, class like smaller size yeah. students um, split up and so they'll he'll like make a lesson plan and then we just do it twice basically execute it twice okay. so mine was usually just like conversation or I try to play games with them so but not all games work with all things and I don't we didn't have like teacher training you know when we did the Fulbright they didn't really teach you how to be a tra- uh, teacher mm-hmm. how to make lesson plans and it's really not my forte. I don't enjoy doing that part. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the... You said you didn't... You learned that you don't like teaching that much. Is it... Is, was it the planning that you didn't... That you liked the least? Or was it having to, like, be in a classroom? Like, what about it made you realize that this isn't really my thing? Uh, it was less about teaching than I thought it was I thought it was about like okay here's a subject you learn it blah 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 and then help them learn it like that's uh-huh. I'm a good tutor right like I'm really drawn right. to tutoring and I really like it because I like seeing their learning process and you're giving them all this time and attention and seeing them grow mm-hmm. and teaching is really more like management it's more like team dynamics it's mm-hmm. public speaking it's planning lessons it's enforcing rules yeah um, leading examples, anything you do, like other people will look at that, and 
when people are having their own personal problems with each other, you're like their mediator, mm-hmm. or there there's there's like a bullying incident right during mine where they all like ganged up on this nerdy kid who really liked spiders. Oh. <laughs> you know, we were mm-hmm. weird kid, and like they would think because they were there with the teaching assistant, because students can really smell your authority. Mm-hmm. And it's so they're like, Especially okay. when you're younger. Yep, and they'll be mm-hmm. like, so one of them like pricked the other one with some, I don't remember what it was, it was a pin or like a pencil or something like that, mm-hmm. that guy, and he came to me and was like, blah, 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 did this, and I have to like sit with them and be like, and it's, it's kind of annoying because they kind of, they introduced me as someone who could only speak English and couldn't speak German, and so I'd have mm-hmm. to scold English, which is less effective. Right. They think that they can get away with things more because I don't know what they're talking about. I'm totally, I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would be doing all that stuff, and I kind of made the guy apologize and whatever. And then I would just, yeah, I told the, the teacher afterwards, just like, by the way, there's like a bullying situation. We really kind of need to protect this guy. Yeah. Kind of stuff. It was, it was stuff that I didn't want to be part of the job, I guess. Right. Which involved. Things like there. that. Cause I, I want to really scold them and I want to yell at them when I see that kind of stuff happening. That's not the professional way to do things. And I don't really know how I should be handling that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Because you don't even know who to believe. Because, of course, they always always deny and be like, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where's the evidence in the court of law? Blah, blah, right. blah. But overall, you would still recommend that people do the Fulbright program. Oh yeah, right. totally. Okay. Yep. Totally. That was like up until that point, that was like the best year of my life. Yeah. Now things have gotten better, but like it's just because my life has been just like getting better every year is the best one. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. My full and I didn't... was definitely. Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying? It was full right. Was definitely really great. That's awesome. And you, the application process. How did how did yeah. that go? That was probably one of the like the hardest applications that I've mm-hmm. done. I did several several drafts of it. Um, they did it through the university. I think that's pretty typical if you're a graduating senior that your university will have their own uh, application date that is like mm-hmm. uh, earlier than the actual application date, and you have more advantage if you apply with your university. They prep you a little more. They'll actually yeah. review your application give you feedback they'll interview you as well and your interview will go along with your application okay. if you don't do it through the university then you don't get that extra I think boost in your application mm-hmm. because if they interview you and they give you a good word like because basically your recommendation letter will be like the first thing on your application or something like that yeah. from the interview there'll be three people at my school who interviewed and then they'll just kind of attach it to the, that thing and that's just better than not and plus you get an earlier application you get it in earlier you get it done mm-hmm. so it was like due in October the um I think it was due in October and I like revised it over and over again there's like a personal statement there's also a statement of purpose it's only one page long so like trying to be so concise you know yeah. um I'm really proud of my essays I've actually used them because <laughs> I spent so much time on them and they were good right. yeah and so um, it was definitely a process, 
But, like, you know about me in interviews. Like, the interview... Doesn't phase you. Oh, yeah. They were like, do you know how qualified you are for this? Like, you're one of the top ones that we've interviewed. And I was like, wow, I had no idea, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I actually had no idea. I really don't know myself sometimes. But they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Holy cow. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, like, if you say so. (laughs) Yeah, man, if you say so, I guess I am. (laughs) That's just so funny. All these situations that would be insanely stressful for, like, most people, you're just like, eh, I'm just going to go and check it out, see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, no, the interview, it was just, well, one of the person interviewing was my other advisor. Mm. My actual advisor. So the pushy advisor wasn't even my advisor. He just yeah. He just advised. I know he's. I love him though. Like the pushy one too. He's mm-hmm. pushy. He's like really like. He's a real networker, and he tells yeah. you about opportunities. He does a lot. Um, That's but good. one of the interviewers was like my advisor, for the, from the German department. Mm. Um, so it's just like we we get along fine, and then just two other strangers, and like it's just like the interview is just. It's just talking to people about stuff. You can ask them questions about their own experiences, get them talking. It's just like, mm-hmm. whatever. The secret hack to interviews, just in general, is that people, like, I think I told you this, people are biased towards interviews mm-hmm. because if you are just, they're supposed to interview you to see if you are a good candidate to hire, like, if you're qualified for the job. But really what happens is they interview you and they just determine whether they like you. Right. And so if you're just likable, you know, or you just have a conversation that doesn't suck. Like, it's just like, they'll be like, oh, man, she's really qualified for the job. And I really, you know, we didn't even talk about the job, you know? Right. That's why interviews, there's actually, are really biased in general. But, like, I take that to my advantage, whatever. <laughs> it's gotten me places. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, apparently. So, anyway, these interviews are, were, they were fine. Just one interview, and then I just kept revising. I would get people to read it, and... Um, make sure you have some experience. It's good. So basically, if you want to apply for a Fulbright, you've got to have a strong language background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a country. Um, but like Germany's one, they needed you to have German proficiency. So if you're a German major, that's a good plus. And then teaching experience is also helpful. So if you say that I am planning to become a teacher, you get like, you know, it's just like that ties into why you should do this program. You know, when you apply to an applic- like to to any sort of program, you want to make sure it's a good fit. And so, if Fulbright, they want someone who is going to teach English in a foreign country, so they need teaching skills, they need foreign skills, foreign language mm-hmm. skills. If you have teaching background and language skills, then like you you want to do it. You've shown you have history, mm-hmm. and that's just that fit comes in. You know, right. so it's, it's yeah. I I had teaching experience as well, so. So it worked out. So, yeah, you have to. You do have to like spin it so that um, it's clear that you want to do teaching. Because I knew I didn't really want to teach teach necessarily. Yeah. But I, like really good skill for communication. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. communication is really just teaching each other stuff, and so mm-hmm. I just want to that. I want to strengthen my leadership skills, and just like make it a case. Always look at their mission statement and what they're looking for, and see how you fit into that as concisely as possible. Yeah. Of course. So, Definitely. Those yeah. are really good tips, Kathy. Yeah. Have some <laughs> good tips, too. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh yes, yeah. Have someone review it. That's always really helpful. Mhm. So, so okay. So, I'm sorry. No, what was that? Okay. No. <laughs> so I know we're going backwards, but you've done so much, and I just want to talk about because um, you did an internship in Germany in undergrad, and then another one in Germany in grad school. Can yep. you talk about what you did during each of those internships? Yeah. Um, so the first one was I was at a hospital, and I was doing like data entry or something mm. like. That. It was the fellowship was actually for people who were interested in the environment, mm-hmm. and I had environmental science minor at the time that I was pursuing, so I fit into that thing, and um, I was still figuring myself out. And so like they're very very different internship experiences for sure, just because of how where I was personally and in my career path. Because mm-hmm. in undergrad I didn't know what I was doing. I had this like random environmental science minor, whatever. And at the time, I was really interested in nutrition, public health, and how the environment plays into that. And mm-hmm. so they, in the hospital, I told them it's weird. I told them kind of BS, and I told them kind of what I, I, thought I wanted, and they basically gave me an internship that was that. Right. I was like, oh, I asked for something, and I got it, and that <laughs> kind of surprised me. I don't know why, because they asked me. Yeah. It was basically exactly that. It was like a hospital internship. So at U of M, you, like, how did that happen? You, like, applied. Like, they had a they had a program where you could do an internship in Germany, but then you they had to, you had to tell them what it was you were interested in before you, mm-hmm. it could be arranged where exactly you'd go and what you'd be doing. Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. It's an internship matching program, which... I recommend just because you don't have to do any of the matching, like, you don't have to apply anywhere, really. You apply mm-hmm. a program, and they will find stuff for you with their vast network of contacts. And so this is a program called Cultural Vistas. Mm-hmm. My fellowship was also found through them, um, but it wasn't the fellowship. The fellowship was basically the same program, except that everything was free, whereas if you just do the normal internship matching program through Cultural Vistas, mm-hmm. they will find a place, but you have to pay for it, right. and you have to pay your housing and your flight and whatever whereas this one because it was a fellowship they did all that kind of for me mm-hmm. so that one was so basically when they're doing internship matching they will ask you because they want to find a good fit they'll interview you and it's not really an interview right it's just them trying to find information about you so that when they're looking or approaching places they can be like this person's really interested in blah mm-hmm. and would you be in hosting them and for us the fellowship it had to be in Berlin um because the fellowship program was through Berlin, whereas the other one, it can be not just Berlin, it can be just all of Germany. Mm-hmm. First one was, yeah, the hospital. Um, it wasn't that great of an experience to me. Like, I really enjoyed my housing situation and my Berlin. Like, mm-hmm. I was doing this all the time once I was yeah. not at Because it was also the uh, football championships, football meaning soccer, um, World Cup that year 2014 when germany oh, yeah. won oh my yeah. gosh wait you were in germany in 2014 yeah i was in france that same and we time about how you would come to berlin remember and then you oh, and, and right. you, i wasn't gonna make it, it or something like it, yeah. i wouldn't have had enough time to go and come back and be back because i was doing an internship the uh, internship at the same time and i just wouldn't have had enough time to get there and get back in time to get to work on monday so yeah 
I didn't end up visiting you. But, yeah. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. That was, yeah, because we were both in yeah. Europe at the same time, yep, and yep. it was FIFA, and yep. it was a huge deal. Oh my gosh. Okay, thank you yep. for reminding me of that. <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, so you were in Berlin during FIFA, so it was like a huge deal, and there was fun to do. Yeah, so it was a good experience in terms of just like my living and like life, mm -hmm. you know, but like my internship was kind of blah, because I'm just a person who I like to work, like I like to contribute. I don't like to be a parasite intern mm -hmm. you know, who's just kind of there. Right. And I didn't have like a place. I didn't actually have work to do. No, it was really just shadowing the whole time. Yeah. Um, and I shadowed this one doctor basically the whole time. Watched like a bajillion cast uh, and endo endoscopies. Mm. Um, listened in during um, like visit patients visiting. Yeah. Every day I'd have to call the doctor and ask him where he was so we could meet up because he didn't. He's a doctor, so he's on the move, right. and he doesn't really have an office. And like I don't have an office, so we're just kind of like around, you know. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be part. I was supposed to be doing this as part of like a research study that I would be doing some like data entry or whatever for, as part of the research, and then for like a new kind of um, technology for diagnostics or something like that. And you know, as a doctor, I'm following around this doctor, but he's not doing this research stuff all the time. He's doing his doctor stuff all the time for mm -hmm. most of every now and then he aids with the research stuff because every lab, like experiment kind of needs an actual physician to be part of it to be doing carrying out the medical parts of stuff mm -hmm. so i wasn't really doing that much and that was kind of a disappointment to me yeah. but and was you, that a whole summer you were there uh two months okay yeah yeah my last one in germany was three months the one for grad school and grad school was just like i had more of a knew what I was kind of doing and I had also more to offer because I was in just like more advanced education and so I was doing work I felt like fulfilled and that I was doing something for the company they did they still do definitely help me out a lot but like I just mm -hmm. felt uh confident yeah. in stuff and it was just like really chill I really like like the tech industry yeah well. they're just more relaxed um and getting to know so what were you doing in tech for the uh, internship? I was doing web development, front-end web development. Okay. And yeah. that was that in Berlin again, or...? Dresden. Dresden. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yep. And that and one was, was more... Dresden, yeah. Yeah, okay. And that one you said was more fulfilling because you... It was... You know what you were doing, and you were actually doing stuff. You weren't, like... Yep, yep. Bored was, or anything. Yes. I knew where to go every day. Yeah. I had key to the place. You know, the other, you know, one time I went to work and I couldn't get a hold of the person. And then like, later on he was like, oh, sorry, like, blah, blah. Yeah, um, you can just go home or whatever today. I don't know. I forgot to tell you I was, like, off in some other place. That um, was with the first internship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's place it's just like insecurity every time I went there and just like what am I doing and half the time I read so many books you know when I was there because basically I'd have so much downtime where he's like <laughs> off doing something where I can't follow and I'm just yeah. like sitting reading a book I read like three books just from just all the downtime yeah 
Well, it's good you had a, a, a more um, engaging and productive experience in the, um, the second one, in Dresden. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I, I loved my work. I loved the city, despite the Pegida demonstrations. I still think it's mm-hmm. a beautiful city. Yeah. I had a really great living arrangement, um, whereas I was in an actual Wohngemeinschaft uh, this time, mm-hmm. and I loved my roommates. Um, I loved oh, that's good. my apartment. Um, we would hang out after work and stuff. He was such a sweet dude. There were, like, two other people living there, but, like, one was always with his girlfriend, so it was really just me and Max. Mm-hmm. He'd, like, talk, and he loved chocolate. <laughs> and he'd eat my Nutella all the time. <laughs> like, fine, you can have it. <laughs> I knew he was eating it anyway. Right. <laughs> Like, yeah, he'd, like, leave me, like, salad sometimes. He's like, yeah, this really delicious salad. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Where'd you get it? So it's, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was always washing dishes and stuff. I don't know. He was like, no, don't wash the dishes. I was like, I have to wash the dishes. You can't just leave it. Like, I don't know. It was, like, it was just, like, really good chemistry. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's so good. Because I know, um, you know, even if you were... If everything else was good, but your living situation is kind of stressful, that can... Yeah. You know, that's like, where you sleep, that's... Yeah. Stressful living situation, but everything else was fine. Although, like, I didn't like this, the teaching part either. Yeah. I liked all my free time. You know, you do, you do your teaching part, and then spend the rest of the day... Do whatever like, you want. Being tandem partner is volunteering, which is probably my best... That's what I would advise people to do, is just volunteering whenever you get the chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. So, out of all the all the times you've been to Germany, is there like one favorite? I know you you've had a really positive um, outlook on the last one you did when you were in grad school. Was that mm-hmm. your favorite, or was there another time that you feel like overall that was the that was the one that you kind of cherished the most? That's hard to say. Mm. Like. In 2016, I would have told you the Fulbright was. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all been good. Like, I don't look back and regret any of them, yeah. really. They all had their, like, their pros and cons. I think... It's hard, too, because the Mainz one is just different. Like, I spent so much time there. Yeah. I had regular friends. I also, like, was there that wasn't the summer. And there's mm-hmm. lots of stuff that happens <laughs> that's not in the summer. Like, mm-hmm. winter... The way they celebrate Christmas and the Christmas markets in Germany. And, like, meeting... I have, like, lifelong friends from, like, other Fulbrighters from that. At the same time, like, Dresden was, like, my most recent one. Loved the city, loved the work, loved my, my housing. Whereas in Mainz, I didn't really love my housing or my mm-hmm. job of it. Yeah. Um, but, like, there... Yeah, I can't really tell you <laughs> what it was. It's just there. That's fair. I just wanted to ask because... Yeah, totally. I'm trying to ask everyone and see if there's anyone that's just like, especially with you, because you've gone so many times and done so much, you know. I can't pick between the babies. Right. <laughs> you don't have a favorite child. I'm like that. Like, I can't choose you over the sibling. You know, they totally can, but they can't say it out loud. Right. <laughs> oh, well, that's so... Um, that's just so amazing. I feel like that guy, like the the advisor, whoever, who was saying, "Do you know how qualified you are?" I'm just sitting here listening, and it's like, obviously, I know you, 
But listening to you talk about everything you've done, I'm just like, wow, Kathy, you are so cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you've done so much. <laughs> no, really? I guess I am. You say so. <laughs> Okay, well, we've been talking for a really long time, um, and I just wanted to ask if, oh, well, do you have any upcoming international travel plans, or do you, are you going back to Germany anytime soon? I have none. None? Yeah, because now I'm a working person. Oh, that's right, you're still adjusting to that, because it hasn't yeah. been that long, right? I mean, I still have vacation. I think I have, like, two or three weeks a year. Okay. Say three, well, really a year, good. but like overrated, yeah. Yeah. So I would love to, um, but it's not going to be the same again. It's going to be vacation. It's not going to be a program anymore, mm-hmm. where I'm living some period of time. Right. I did, you know, when I was looking for a job, I'd really love to work for like a German company, so that there are options for even just business travel there, because mm-hmm. I definitely can speak German now. It's gotten really good ever since Mainz. Yeah. So. I yeah, I hate to lose it, and I feel like I am, which is a shame. I still keep a lot of German in my heart and on my walls. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, as I can see. <laughs> oh, you have a flag! I didn't see you have a flag. Yeah, that's because it just today it like kind of fell, and I was like, oh, oh. It's so big. <laughs> I was actually gonna wear like a German hat mm-hmm. to this to this little podcast thing, so you could see mm-hmm. it. But I forgot. What? Why didn't you? Fine, I'll go do it now. I mean... <laughs> well, you mentioned it, so I might as well see what it looks like. Here we go. Oh. I actually wore it to graduation, this German hat. Did you? To my German graduation, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's nice, actually. I thought it was going to be something, like, um, more silly looking, but that's actually nice. Yeah, yeah I, got, okay. I think I got during the World Cup thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So no international travel plans, but that's cool because you're like in a kind of transitional period. So that's okay. cool. Yeah. No worries. Um, oh, I forgot to ask. Oh, my gosh. I forgot to ask about um, your, your parents. So oh. did they have any... Um, any opinions on you being so interested in in German and Germany, or did they? I, I don't know. Did you communicate with them a lot while you were going and doing all the the internships and all that stuff that you were doing? Um. Or did they like yeah. kind of just let you do your own thing? Because I know you said you're a pretty independent person, so right. Uh, Definitely more on that side. I know some people where they it's an impediment to them studying abroad is that their parents are just very. Or their family just keeps them close to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, my parents are, like, really hands-off, like, parenting, I guess. Especially when i in college. I mean, I just do these things and then, you know, they just know about it. It's not like I, I ask them, like, <laughs> Mom and Dad, can I go study abroad? You know, I just <laughs> And then I tell them when, you know, when I get a decision, it's like, Hey, I got into this, I got this fellowship, so I'm going to be in Germany this summer. And they're like, ooh. Yeah. And I'm sure they have tons of opinions, but that's how I keep it. Like, I just kind of be like, yep, I'm already in, so what do you do about yeah, it? Yeah, right, do exactly. It. So that's, you know, if you ever want to trick your parents, just apply. Just do it so it's already set. Yeah, and then what are they going to do? 
They're gonna be like, oh man, you got a fellowship. Right. The alternative is doing nothing for the summer, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it's not so easy for other people, but like for me, I know my parents would have had something to say about it. Yeah. Which is why I didn't. My dad was still like, whatever. My dad's kind of like, you know, you know how he is. Just. Yeah. He's like, oh, the fellowship, you still have to pay for your, your, your food? I was like, yeah. He's like, woo. <laughs> you know, I was like, chill. They paid for like my housing and my flight and my internship. Yeah. I can pay a little. And your flight too? They did my flight for the fellowship, yeah. Ooh, nice. Or okay. they gave us money, uh, reimbursed our air- airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I know one of your questions is about funding. Wasn't yeah. It? Well, because yeah. you had mentioned a lot of about your scholarships and fellowships, so I wasn't going to ask about that. But if you do have other tips or en- any other insight on yeah, what helped you, then Every single surely. time I've gone abroad, I've gotten funding. Which tells you that there's a lot of money out there, and yeah. so that shouldn't be your impediment to going abroad. Which I know it is a privilege to go abroad to have that time. Right. Um, there is definitely some financial sacrifice. Like it's not like I I get everything paid for every time, but like mm-hmm. people, there are so many different kinds of scholarships. Like Fulbright in, in itself is a grant. Uh, if you find a fellowship that does the same thing as mine, then it's also all paid for. Mm-hmm. My study abroad, the first time I went, just for school, for the Grit Institute, um, I got them through my department, my school department. Mm-hmm. Gave out some. And they're, you're, you're going to find some for your specific country, you're going to find some for your for just traveling abroad in general. Right. A lot of programs. Doing things through programs is also really useful because there's some organization to it. So... Definitely recommend all that. And definitely recommend going abroad. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. It's really helpful. Um, very, And thank you again for... Because um, I know we like started late and we've been talking for a while. So thank you for um, talking to me and spending your time uh, chatting about all your, your vast and seriously so fascinating fascinating experiences like you've done so much and i'm just in awe right now i really am (laughs) um but last question i have is just um is there anything that you would like people to to look up like do you have a project going on or any sort of social media account that you'd like people to find you at anything like that that you'd like to share uh it's not not really um German related though. I mean, I have oh, my own. Okay. Like, Any, my anything. Life. Yeah. Life. Gosh, I don't know my Twitter handle. Let me check. <laughs> Tweet. Okay, it's twitter.com slash Kathy underscore Chow one. Oh, wait. Kathy underscore Chow one. That's my Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. And I have a website at kathywychow.com, which has my design portfolio. Because now I design things and programming things. Cool. But all my pictures on my Twitter are from my my Germany experiences. So it's still part of me, even if it's, like, not a current part of me. It's part of, like, my soul. Right. But not really my career anymore, which is sad. But you can't have everything. But, yeah. 
you have to. Yeah, that's actually really sad. <laughs> it is really sad, but actually now but that you're... portfolio, my portfolio also, my picture there is from Germany as well. Just like it's a part of my life. Yeah, it's all. I mean, that's good because I'm the same way with like French and Japanese. I try to just keep it with me as much as I can. Like I use both of them for work, but not. It's not the same as like being there, you know, mm-hmm. or you know. So um. But that's good. You still keep that with you. And I didn't know you had a design portfolio, so I will definitely check that out. Not that good. <laughs> that's okay. I'm still going to look it up because I, no, um, I didn't know you were up to that. So I'm going to like do some snooping around and see what you've got there. But um, oh, really? So you got Twitter and your website. And, I have um, lots of other stuff, but some of it's classified. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody I- has their boundaries. Every day. Whenever I was uh, abroad, I had a blog, mm-hmm. but they were really boring and tedious, so that's why I'm not sharing it. But like blog, if you go abroad, yeah, and I didn't, and I was like, this last time I didn't. I feel like I'm forgetting everything. Mm-hmm. I just cherish, cherish everything, you know. Yeah. Right. That's good. Mm-hmm. I completely agree, a hundred percent. Yep. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I'll let you go and enjoy your afternoon, whatever. We said, is it still raining? Is it raining by you? Yeah, I mean, it was when we started. I don't, uh, yeah, it's still raining. Is it raining in Ann Arbor? Yeah. Okay. Well, all the more reason to stay inside and be cozy or, you know, do whatever. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much again. You are awesome. I hope your work transition goes well and um, you just continue. I hope you, you said your life has been getting progressively better and better. And so I just hope that keeps up and so that every year becomes another best year for you. Aw. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll talk to you later. I'll let you know next time I'm coming to Ann Arbor or if you come up, up this way, let me know. Oh. We can do something. Okie doke. Yeah. Talk to you later, okay, Kathy? Bye. Alright, bye. Bye. (laughs) Alright, that was my interview with my friend Kathy. I'm so glad that she had so many gems to share regarding language and her excursions in Germany. And also some really good tips regarding applications and... Um, job interviews and overall a reminder to not be intimidated by big names and to um, not sweat the small stuff which uh, I know is very um, valuable for me to be reminded of so um, thank you for that Kathy and I hope you like how it all turned out for the rest of you listening don't forget to follow this podcast at young gifted and abroad um, on Instagram and Facebook Also, check us out at younggiftedandabroad.com. Also, if you are interested in being a guest or if you have questions or comments to share, feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So next week, I have another friend of mine who's going to be our guest. She is actually an an international student. She came um, from Zimbabwe here to the States to attend university. And she's actually still here. She just finished her master's degree a couple of weeks ago. So um, 
she is just a joy to talk to she's very multifaceted and so i'm really excited to have y'all listen to her talk about her journey and what she's up to thus far so look forward to that next week but until then thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time (laughs) 